fried, smoked, oven roasted, homemade, boxed, fresh, canned? How are you making a Thanksgiving feast this year in America? How do you like it prepared? As the phrase goes, there's more than one way to skin a cat, even more ways to cook a dinner. Google search will turn up thousands of recipes for the, quote, best, tastiest, most delicious Thanksgiving dishes. I know my Canadian friends have already celebrated, but here in the United States, preparations are being made. Are you going traditional? Are you oven roasting the bird? Branching out a bit? Smoking it? How about the daring deep-fried gobble-gobble? If you are, just make sure the turkey isn't frozen. Water and oil don't like each other. And then there is the great dressing or stuffing debate, boxed or homemade. No matter what recipes you follow tomorrow, one thing needs to stay common. Thanks. Every day is the day the Lord has made. We can rejoice, give thanks, and be glad in it. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing with you the great story that's all about Jesus. And on this Wednesday, before an American Thanksgiving, we're in a series called The Faith of John Bunyan. John Bunyan was a well-known pastor in England in the 1600s, and he greatly desired to see people trust completely in Christ as their Savior. He himself had struggled with trying to earn his salvation by being good enough. He writes in his autobiography that he had outwardly tried to live a good life and thought he did a pretty good job at that in keeping the Ten Commandments, but he eventually realized he was just fooling himself. In a moment, I want us to get to know John Bunyan better by looking at his autobiography called Grace Abounding and going a little deeper into his life, more specifically, how he came to know God's grace through Jesus. And we'll do this as we look at God's Word together. We've heard from so many people telling us over the past few days that Pilgrim's Progress had a profound impact on their walk with Jesus. At a recent Christian conference, the Welsh pastor and author Derek Thomas spoke about Pilgrim's Progress, and he had these personal words to say. There there is a reason why Pilgrim's Progress, next to the Bible, is the most published work in religious literature. But I do think that this generation maybe the generation that doesn't read Pilgrim's Progress anymore. I I teach at a seminary, and I ask my classes uh, on a fairly frequent basis, uh, how many of you, these are future preachers and missionaries, uh, how many of you have read Pilgrim's Progress? And out of a class of 25, you know, maybe one. Sometimes if it's two, I feel really good. Um, And it's, it's sad. Someone gave me a copy of Pilgrim's Progress just after I was converted, and I fell in love with it. And in an age where fantasy literature is all uh, the vogue, uh, Lord of the Rings, the Narnia Chronicles, um, Harry Potter, perhaps, um, why would we not enjoy a Pilgrim's Progress? It's a, it's a cracking good story. That's Pastor Derek Thomas, originally from Wales, now pastoring in South Carolina. And I think he's so right, don't you? Fantasy, like 
Darnia and the Shire and Hogwarts never seem to be out of style. I think you'll find Pilgrim's Progress is not only every bit as exciting, it's actually good for your soul. So I want to send you the newly illustrated storybooks of Bunyan's classic epic called Little Pilgrim's Big Journey, Parts 1 and 2. The cloth-covered hardback books with gilded gold lettering does a wonderful job of bringing both the original as well as the sequel to life. And I know it will encourage the children around you in your life as well as yourself to look to Jesus in your journey through this life. I want to send you the box set for your minimum gift to this listener-supported ministry. This is the sort of Christmas gift that will have an impact on the life of a child for years to come. But I also think you'll enjoy it as well. So after the program, just call us at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Or if you haven't yet, go to our website, watch that video we shot in Bunyan's hometown, and you can make your gift there when you visit haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And don't forget, order now, and the shipping is free. And we'll include a free code to download the audiobook for both books of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. Now let's open the program with Charles Billingsley and Michael O'Brien and Guy Penrod. Jesus, only Jesus. Who has the power to raise the dead? And who can save us from our sin? He is our hope, our righteousness. Jesus, only
Do you believe it? Our only hope is in Jesus. Only Jesus, sung for us by Charles Billingsley with Michael O'Brien and Guy Penrod. This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. We're in our third day in a series this week called The Faith of John Bunyan. Well, this week we're getting to know the man behind Pilgrim's Progress a little better. In his spiritual biography, John Bunyan left us a treasure trove of insight into how God's grace abounds towards sinners. Those insights come up over and over again in his book, Pilgrim's Progress. I want us to focus in on a time before John Bunyan was converted, when we might say he was religious but lost. Did you know that you can be religious but lost? Jesus says you can. Some of his strongest words were reserved for people who were very religious, people who by all outward appearances were the most religious people around. But Jesus said that there was more to them than meets the eye. He said, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. And I'm reading to you from Matthew 23, 27 and 28. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. John Bunyan said that there was a time in his life that this was the case for him. Listen to what he said about his first efforts to clean up his life. Bunyan was writing in the 1600s, so I'm going to update the language a little bit here, but I think I'm being faithful. He said, I became somewhat outwardly reformed, both in my words and life, and I set the commandments before me for my way to heaven, and I was striving to keep those commandments... I thought I kept them pretty well sometimes, and when I did, I would find comfort. Yet now and then I broke one, and it would afflict my conscience. But then I would repent and say I was sorry for it, and I promised God to do better next time, and that would help, for then I thought I pleased God as well as any man in England. I wonder if Bunyan's words strike a chord with you. Maybe this is what you've thought it means to be or become a Christian. Work hard at obeying everything the Bible tells you to do. Of course, we should obey. Jesus says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching in John fourteen twenty three. But when we do what Bunyan did and set God's commandments before us as our way to heaven, we're on the wrong path. We may not know we're on the wrong path. But we are. I can't tell you how many times my GPS has turned me around in a place I've never been. I thought I was going the right way, and then I looked around. Where in the world am I? That's what it's going to be like for people who think that their obedience is the road to their redemption. If that's what we think, sooner or later we're going to realize we're off course and it won't be a safe part of town. We need to let God's word turn us around. We need to see that GPS recomputing with the truth. Maybe your friends and family would point to you and say, now there 
is a good person. Maybe they might even say you're a religious person. He or she, they go to church every Sunday. They put a little extra in the offering plate. They pray before every meal. Their family seems to be well-ordered. They must really be God-fearing people. Well, that's exactly what it was like for Bunyan. He says, I kept at it like this for about a year, all of which time our neighbors took me to be such a very godly man, a new and religious man, and marveled much to see such a great and noteworthy change in my life and behavior. And indeed, it was true, though I still didn't know Christ, nor grace, nor faith, nor hope. And truly, as I have well seen since, had I then died, my state would have been most dreadful. This went on for about a year or more, he says. He says his neighbors even started praising him on his progress. They started speaking better of him, well of him, both to his face and even to others. And you know what Bunyan said? It would be funny if it weren't so true of me, at least, maybe you, if we're really honest. Bunyan said, oh, when I understood that these were Their words and opinions of me, it pleased me mightily, for though as yet I was nothing but a poor, painted hypocrite, I still loved to be spoken of as one who was truly godly. I was proud of my godliness, and I did all I did, either to be seen by or well spoken of by others. Now, that should be convicting. I did all I did, either to be seen or well-spoken of by others. How true that can be of me, and what about you? More often than we'd like to admit, we are like Bunyan's characters in his book, the characters whose names were formalist and hypocrisy in Pilgrim's Progress. The main character, Christian, asks them, gentlemen, from where have you come, and what is your destination? And they answered, We were born in the land of vainglory and are going to Mount Zion for the purpose of receiving praise. Formalist. Hypocrisy. They believed the lie that religion makes us right with God and that religion earns us bragging rights even before God's holy throne. But it was Jesus who said, Be careful. Don't practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do. You will have no reward from your Father in heaven. That's Matthew 6, 1. I've even heard it said today, be careful not to practice your righteousness on Facebook. We want as many likes as we can get, don't we? We want to filter our lives to look as good as possible. We want to be told that we're good, we're special, that we're a cut above others. We want as many pats on the back as we can get, but it's all for nothing if we are the most religious people in the world, and yet we've completely missed Jesus. Looking back on his big show of being a moral person, John Bunyan wrote, I was all the while ignorant of Jesus Christ and going about to establish my own righteousness. I would have perished in that pursuit had not God, in his mercy, shown me more of what I was by nature. What we are by nature is sinners in need of grace. 
Jesus told us about the Pharisee and the tax collector to make this point. We read in Luke 18 to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else. Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. This Pharisee was standing by himself, but he prayed loudly so others could hear him. God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector standing there. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. But then on the other hand, there was that tax collector who was made fun of. He stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he pounded his chest and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, Jesus said, that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, the religious man, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I don't know about you, but I need humbling. I need to realize that I'm a sinner who needs to be clothed in Christ's righteousness, in his perfect obedience to God, because I don't have any obedience, much less an obedience that's perfect. That main character in Pilgrim's Progress, Christian, is right about how he needs to make it to the gate of the celestial city. It is not by religious formalism, much less hypocrisy. He says, surely the Lord will recognize me on account of my wearing his coat. That which he freely gave me on the day when he stripped me of my rags. Our rags have been traded for Christ's righteousness. Isaiah 61.10, speaking about Jesus, saying, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. We get to wear Jesus' robe of righteousness if we admit our sin and cling to him for his grace. I need that righteousness I need to be reminded of that over and over again. And you know what? Every Christian does as well, including you. So can I ask you now, do you know this good news about Jesus? Or have you been trusting in your religion rather than in the Redeemer who gave his life to save you? Have you been what Bunyan realized he was? A poor, painted hypocrite? And you need to call on Jesus. You need to do it today. You need to admit to him that you need his grace. He's listening now. And he wants you to find your rest in him and do it now. And then he will clothe you in his garments of salvation. And he will give you then his robe of righteousness. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground. 
ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. His oath is covenant, his blood support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way. Christ the solid rock I stand All other ground is sinking sand All other ground is sinking sand When He shall come with trumpet sound Oh, may I then in Him be found Dressed in His bride Nests alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. A simple but yet powerful rendition of a classic hymn, The Solid Rock, sung for us by Scott Kirpain. I'm Charles Morris here on Haven Today in our third day in a series called The Faith of John Bunyan. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the work of grace in the life of John Bunyan. And you can really see how he uses his own real-life experiences to shape the story of Pilgrim's Progress. Bunyan wrote this epic book to encourage Christians in their own walk with the Lord as well. And that's exactly what Tyler Van Haltren wanted to do as well with his new adaptation of both the original story as well as its sequel called Little Pilgrim's Big Journey, Parts 1 and 2. He wanted to help kids, big kids too, like you and me, to see that life will not always be easy. But if Jesus has taken our burden, He will walk with us through every trial we face. The heart of John Bunyan's original story is still there, but it's been rewritten in an easier-to-understand way, and it's been brought to life with colorful, full-page illustrations. I want to send you this box set, cloth-covered, hard-covered storybooks with gold foil print. Both books come in a keepsake slipcover box for your minimum gift, to this listener-supported ministry. Plus, we're including a code for the free audio version of the books for your gift. You just need to call us today. And the number to call is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online and watch that video following in the steps of Bunyan in England around Bedford. Look at the illustrations that we put up out of the book. But then make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And if you'd just like the second book of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey, we have that for your gift as well. And yes, we can ship this book directly to someone else who you love as a Christmas gift. Just send us their name, a little note, and their address, and we'll ship it for free ASAP. I'm Charles Morris. 
Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we'll be sharing together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. What is the Christian life all about? It's a deceptively difficult question to answer. Is it about worship? Yes. Is it about faith? Yes. It's about a lot of things, but what is it all about? The Lord puts it perfectly in Leviticus 19. You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. That's the gospel in one line. We are made holy. He takes us out of darkness into the light. He cleanses us from all our sin. And our holiness comes from Him. Yet it doesn't stop there. Be holy. That means live in light of your holiness. Strive against sin. Love the Lord and your neighbor. Be holy. Why? Christ is and has made you holy. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.